1: Listen, I'm obviously a huge supporter of Daniel Jones, but Justin Pennick, I, I love Justin. I really do. He's a good guy. I've talked to him a bunch of times. Uh, he's a big supporter of us. I listen to his stuff. I'm, I'm about to start doing the SpongeBob lowercase, uppercase value with Justin Pennick. Because like, I, I get having like your lane, but man, it's everything. Oh, value, value, value. To say that you don't learn anything from sitting on the bench behind a guy, that's just not true. Like, it's just not. Just throwing a guy out there who might not be ready, and yeah, maybe Daniel Jones will be ready, but like he played at Duke.
2: I mean, knowing this franchise the way I do, Justin, I think they're going to start Eli uh, for Week One. Now, I'm of the belief that mental reps are, are are pretty much BS. I think you need to get in there. You need to get the game reps. You need to get them as fast as possible. I agree with your assessment here, Justin. The faster they get him in, the better this franchise is. I think he should start Week One. I, I don't think he will. I think he should. I don't think he will. Again, I just, and and this goes back to what we've talked about over and over on this podcast. Me and Nick just don't see a high ceiling uh, for this Giants team with Eli anymore. And and that's tough to say. I understand. And we might be wrong. Uh, We're hoping we're wrong. But I think for the future of this franchise, the best option would be to start Jones week one.
1: And it's just awesome to hear that he's having a great camp to where some people are calling for him to start day one. And I'm not there yet. But I wouldn't lie if I said it hasn't crept in my mind. Like, man, what if we just start Daniel Jones week one? I'm not there yet, but I'd be lying if I said it hasn't crept into my mind. But it's just really encouraging. And Justin Pennick is going to, like, he's he's licking his lips now that I just even mentioned Daniel Jones starting week one. He's going to eat me alive, uh, and I'm going to have to deal with that.
0: Welcome to episode number 47 of Bleeding Blue, and yes, Bobby Skinner, I'm licking my lips. I'm licking my chops, especially after today's press conference with Pat Shermer. We're going to talk all about it. Brett Wiley is here, our resident Philadelphia sports fan. David has the measles, and he's in a lot of pain all over his body. So, mm. um, Brett, we already had the intro. Um, I'm pretty sure you listened to that intro. Um, how, yeah. what, do you, what do you think of that intro based off of what uh, Dan Schneier had to said? We interviewed him once, and then Bobby. We're going to have Bobby on the podcast. Hopefully, we're going to do some sort of collab soon. Uh, what mm-hmm. do you think? What do you think, man? The start Danny Jones train. I, I'm, I'm the conductor. What, what did I say, though? Remember I said this like a week or so back? I
2: said, if this dude is willing to throw more than 15 yards downfield, they should start him. If he doesn't have that mental block that Eli has, that Eli will see somebody open and he's like, uh, can't do that two yards. Yeah. He, just, he just physically can't do it anymore. It's like, you know, it's a lot like when uh, in baseball, uh, like Rick Ankeel, he was a great pitcher coming up and then he just couldn't throw a strike. Just, just you know, it was just like he couldn't do it at the major
0: league level. It's a mental thing, I, I think. So, Yeah, and how many times—I uh, don't know if you've seen my my thread where I've done—I br- I am re-watching every single Giants offensive snap from 2018. I'm up to the Eagles game, so that wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't very fun. The Eagles game it, at MetLife, so the first one. And I can't tell you how many times. It's just like Eli had an opportunity to throw the ball downfield. You know, I, I'm I don't know the place. I don't have the playbook in front of me. I don't know what Eli Manning's first progression is. But yeah. I'll tell you what, yeah. probably probably more than half the time, it's not the the dump off to Rhett Ellison or Saquon Barkley. There have been times where it has been a clear pre-snap read and Eli has just flat out missed an opportunity to push the ball downfield, you know, where there's nobody in the middle of the field, the safety is up at the line of scrimmage, the linebackers are on the other side of on on the other side of the ball, they're on the weak side of the ball, and then you have Red Ellison running down the middle of the field. That was just one of them where if you look at that thread, follow me on Twitter at jpenick74. Of course, we're nitpicking Eli right now, but Eli also does a lot of good things and I highlight that as well. Um, there was one there was one Giants uh there was one fan who basically ripped me apart. It was on that play. Big time Eli fan. And I was like, dude, look at the whole thread. Look at how many times I compliment Eli and how many times he actually did something good. And he was like, oh, I'm sorry. And then it basically, yeah. because I compliment somebody, it changes their whole opinion of me instead of just, I don't know. That was, that, that was just a frustrating moment. But I want to get to the housekeeping to start off before we forget. We're going to get to talking about Pat Shermer's quotes and Daniel Jones is he's gonna start right away. I don't know. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. Don't click off just because we're being critical. Housekeeping Twitters follow the podcast at bleeding double underscore blue. Follow me on Twitter at jpenic74. Follow Brett on Twitter at coyoteweather10. Follow David on Twitter at david double underscore powis. David is clearly the most better liked, the more better liked co host because he's more positive than I am. I've recently found that out. What um, kind
2: of English is that?
0: What, most, most better? better? I know. Most well, it's, better it's, liked. It's, it's been a while since I got in front of the microphone, so, so forgive me. Give us a, a five-star rating on the Apple Podcast app. We're up to 46. Now, Brett, I've been listening to the Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, the, uh-huh. the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, they have almost 3,000 five-star ratings, which I can't even fathom. I cannot even fathom that number. That number. When they got to 2,000, do you know that they read – every single one on air and it took him about three hours i'm guessing not a lot of people listen to that yeah i i I don't know i don't know but i'm (laughs) thinking when we get to 50 because we have 46 which is awesome we have 46 when we get to 50 i would like to read them on air and because there are some funny ones there aren't there are some that are not funny but there are some that kind of are funny and interesting and Lovey. It's too, it's too bad we don't have more negative reviews. I, I'd like to read those. We have one one-star review, and that's my favorite review I've ever gotten. Okay. Because it was, it was that episode when, after we signed Golden Tate, and I was really pissed. And that was a bad <laughs> moment. That was a bad moment for me. I think ever since then, I kind of changed my tone where I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to look more at film. I'm trying to look more at value. I'm trying to look more at, at analytics and then having that base my approach rather than just the pure emotion of that. The Giants suck, um, but they don't mm-hmm. really suck. I'm actually I'm actually very excited for where we are right now as a football team, but we're going to talk about that. So when we get to 50, um, should we read all the five star ratings? Are you a fan of that, Brett, or should we not do that?
2: We sh- we sh- we should do that. We should yeah. act them out.
0: We might spice it up. Act them out, and yeah. nobody could actually see us.
2: Yeah, we, 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 should, we should get, well, no, I'm saying, like, voice acting. Oh, voice like, acting. You know, based on their username or whatever, like, kind of
0: voice them like we'd imagine. Okay. Okay. I like that. We are also on SoundCloud. We're on Spotify. We're on TuneIn Radio. The Google Podcast app, which I just figured out today that we're on for our Android users and android devices and we are also on spreaker so um a lot more than just What's the that? SoundCloud. spreaker is um a new podcast host that i signed up for and you can also listen to podcasts through that website so hmm. that's it's what is allowing me to record we're recording through skype we're not recording through a google hangout so we're trying some different things and we're on a lot more platforms now, which is good. Remember the days of us being on Apple and Spot and on not Spotify. Apple and SoundCloud and that was it. But the numbers have been pretty have been better since we've expanded and that's not a surprise. All right, two other things. Um like I said, really really follow me on Twitter because I'm doing some very in-depth comprehensive things on I'm doing a thread on NFL positional value looking at um a pyramid, like a hierarchy of positions that go down from like Quarterback, left tackle, primary corner, primary edge rusher. And they basically, it's broken up into six tiers. Positions are broken up into six tiers. And then what I'm doing is I'm taking the average pro football focus grade per tier, and I'm breaking all that down. And I put everything on Twitter. It's on a big thread. I'm a, I'm through 17 teams, so I'm more than halfway done. It's been did really interesting. Did you do the Eagles? I did do the Eagles. Oh, okay. I, I, I didn't see it. So Eagles, so I, Eagles were like one of my first five teams that I did.
2: Okay, good. Cause I, I didn't want to give you all the information just for nothing, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, basically I kind of did a lot of the forward thinking teams first. I actually have not done the bears, but um, oh, I've wow. done a lot of the, I've, I know I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to spread out the wealth here, but I did a lot of the forward thinking teams. And basically my overall theory is that the value is going to be towards the top. So the average pro football focus grades, they're going to be higher When the positions are more important and they're going to be lower when the positions are not as more are not as valuable. So for teams like the Patriots, for teams like the Browns, that is the case. You see that the value is at the top of the roster in terms of, you know, quarterback, left tackle, primary edge rusher, um, strong safety is another one. Nose tackle slash first defensive tackle is another position that's very valuable. So, you see a lot of the forward thinking teams they put their resources you, into those just, positions.
2: Did you just lump the Browns in with the Patriots?
0: Well, they well, John Dorsey is a very forward thinking general manager. So, yes, that's amazing.
2: I'm I not know, right? disagreeing with you, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm I, that's amazing, though, how fast Dorsey has turned things
0: around mm-hmm. in Cleveland. Yeah. So take a look at that thread. I'll be continuing to do that. And then as when I have more data and when I have more information on trends and patterns, maybe we can have a whole episode devoted to it. Um, and then also, like I said, the thread on the two thousand nine, like 2018 slash what can we expect from the 2019 Giants offense observations? I'm looking back at every single play from the 2018 season, and I'm not just putting highlights of OBJ. I'm not just going to put uh-huh. highlights of Omame and Greco being bad. However, I feel like that's important to point out because I'm watching these early games, Brett, and I don't even know if you know who these names are that I'm saying because you're obviously you're our residential uh, Philadelphia sports fan, but Patrick Omame and John Greco were our starting right guard and center for the first few weeks of the season last year. And it is actually crazy how bad they were. I didn't realize just, I mean, we, we know how bad Omame was, but how bad John Greco was as well. And then really when they were kind of kicked out of that Giants offense last year and you had Spencer Pulley and Jamon Brown, basically anybody different at those two different spots, how much better the offense got. So even though the interior linemen are kind of downgraded, especially in the positional value pyramid, it's kind of crazy to see how much of an impact they had on the Giants offense second half last season. And now you put in Kevin Zietler and you put in John Halapio it, it's going to be interesting to see how valuable they can be when they're working together.
2: Yeah, it's, it it's going to be interesting to see if, if your guys' offense can be maybe a little better even, despite obviously a downgrade at the you know, wide receiver position. You know, I, mean, I honestly think your offense will be at least as good as
0: last year just because of that offensive line. Second half or the first half? The, sec- the second half, when you started improving. <laughs> it's very very key that you make a difference. Some fans forget oh, yeah, yeah, the some fans yeah. forget that the first half of last year happened, and I am not willing to forget that because oh, you, you okay. have to remember the good and the bad.
2: I, I think your guys' offense will be pretty, will be better than people think, just because people don't know offensive lineman names, you know, right. around the NFL. I mean, they're not sexy, but right. you know, if you if you protect Eli a little more, you get Barkley just a little bit more space to to roam. I I think you uh, move the ball pretty well.
0: Yeah, even last year, you know, Eli spread the wealth. A lot of different receivers caught the ball last year, whether that was out of necessity because Cody Latimer was down, whether that was, you know, because also Odell Beckham Jr. was down. So you had a lot of different names that we were missing from the group. But still, a lot of guys, a lot of different guys caught the ball. This kind of goes into our minicamp and late OTA headlines that we that we're gonna we're gonna rip off some some quick storylines like a band-aid and then we're gonna get right to uh our Daniel Jones Pat Shermer, Eli Manning conversation Darius Slayton got first team reps today do you know who Darius Slayton is Brett okay I'm did you draft him yes we drafted him he was our fifth Woo! round draft pick yes. out of Auburn speedster quick guy um, can't remember his 40 on top of my head. Why do I feel like it's a, it's around a 4-4, 4-3, 4-3-4, 6-1? Four. I don't think it's I don't think it was a 4-4-3. Four, four, I know I we can all we can all fall victim to dyslexia sometimes, but I don't remember it being 4-4-3 four, four, in my brain. Darius Slayton got first team reps today. And if you were to tell Giants fans that during rookie camp, they would have laughed to your face because he was in Pat Shermer's words, unremarkable. Bad drops, bad, bad, bad drops. Um, No reason, in my opinion, even though he's a fifth-round draft pick, no reason why he cannot play with the Mm. first-string starters this year. Because, I mean, if you read his scouting reports, Brett, besides his hands, you would think that this guy is at least the top three. You know, he's in the top three rounds. Like, you would think that that's the type of player that you're reading and that you're watching. But really, you know, because of his hands – that's what really, I guess. That's what really brought his value down.
1: And well, you know, there's one
0: thing. And if there's one thing he can't teach, it's speed. Yeah. Shermer called Darius Slayton the most improved player coming from rookie camp. So, yeah. I, I'm going to. So he doesn't completely take that. suck now. No, it doesn't completely suck. And then also, he's going to get the chance to improve even more because rookies are going to stay an extra week. And this is what's going to be really interesting. You know, we kind of hint, we kind of keep on hinting towards Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones is going to have an extra week where. People are going to be watching him. I understand the coaches aren't going to be speaking to the media. Pat Shermer spoke to the media for the last time today until training camp. I don't know exactly if media has access to the extra week of practices before training camp, before there's a couple-week break. But still, Daniel Jones, there's going to be eyes on him, whether it's going to be coaches, whether it's going to be media, whether it's going to be both. For an extra week, and Eli Manning will not be on the field. So that is yet another dynamic added into this whole situation. So are you worried, you know, based on what
2: you've been describing, it kind of sounds like like a Darius Slayton, who, right. like you said, has potential, but he's getting a lot of first team reps. It sounds like there's not a whole lot
0: going on at wide receiver on your football team there. Well, I'll t- Corey Coleman, um, does, that, does that a name that rings a bell to you? Yeah, yeah it does. It yeah. does. He had a. I actually. I need to look into this more. He had a hard knocks like debacle. I don't have mm. HBO, and I heard that there was some sort of big debacle. And then he got cut from the Browns, and then he got like cut yeah. from the Patriots, and then the Bills, and then the, B- the Patriots signed him back, and then he got cut from the Patriots. So I have no idea how he was on those many teams last year. And I feel like he started a decent amount. Of, he played in a decent amount of games with the Giants last year. So he certainly was a uh, was moving quite a few times last year. He former mm. first round draft pick. Um. Again, you want to talk about a speedster, a guy that's got speed. He's a little shorter. I think, you know, he might be around Sterling Shepard, Golden Tate size, really made some good strides in special teams last year. Mm -hmm. He's the one that he's the guy that's being talked about as, hey, I'm a former first round pick. I'm ready to make my mark as a first round pick in the NFL and actually show that I'm worth it. And from everything that we've heard, you know, the effort has been there. He like sat down with Pat Shermer uh, during a lunch one day and was like, hey, Tell me what worked for you in Minnesota um, with Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. How can we replicate that? So that's pretty cool. So I'm actually excited for the wide receivers this year. I'm a big fan of Benny Fowler. I'm a big fan of Cody Latimer. I kind of like that they're bigger guys. I feel like that's what this kind of receiver group is missing. Because if you have slot receiver Golden Tate, slot receiver Sterling Shepard, intermediate route, intermediate guy, even though we're not going to be expanding the field that much from what especially we saw from Cody Latimer against the Cowboys Week 17 last year, how he took, him and Saquon took over that game in the second half. I liked what I saw. It kind of brings a different element to the team and to the defense. And something that I saw from the thread that I did, Brett, is that yeah. Beckham, and we and I feel like we, we know this, but it's different when you see it. The respect that Beckham garnered from, not Brett Gardner, Gardner. (laughs) The respect that Beckham garnered from corners and also over-the-top deep safeties to constantly be shadowing him, where one out of the two deep safeties, whether it's a free safety, strong safety, whatever side Beckham's lining up on, is constantly shadowing Beckham, and the eyes are on Beckham and what he's doing. I don't know if Golden Tate and... Sterling Shepard garner that same respect. um I don't think that they do. Um, that's why I feel like it's important to have a guy in this roster that can garner some sort of deep ball respect to alleviate the pressure of Sterling Shepard and Golden Tate.
2: Yeah, and I I, I think Golden Tate is a, a pretty a pretty nice receiver. Like he he's the kind of guy you want on your team when you're ready to win. But this Giants team. Based on based on the talent I see, not ready to win yet. And so it's kind of it's kind of an awkward situation for me with him there. It's like he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm here. But I mean, I'd much rather be on a team that was competing to win a Super Bowl this year because he doesn't have many years left in his career
0: i i think he's i mean he's definitely excited to be a giant um i definitely think he is 100% excited to be a giant because from everything that we've seen from everything that he's posted i think he grew up a giants fan regardless uh, he's not one of those guys where we're you know how we questioned that beckham wanted to be here he's not one of those guys that we're questioning that he wants to be here but you're right we even heard dan schneier said he said in big blue banter he said in our intro that i clipped from big blue banter he Mm -hmm. said we we don't really know the you know the potential of this Giants team it's probably not very good for 2019 and i mean i we hope that we're wrong right but i mean you just think about it there are too many things that are new the offensive line is all new mm-hmm. the defensive backs the secondary all of it's new Besides Janoris Jenkins, Sam Beal is practically a rookie because he didn't play last year. DeAndre Baker is a rookie. Our next guy, Julian Love, is a rookie.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's a tough division to do that because you got, you, got, you got the Eagles and the Cowboys who have a lot of established players yeah. that have been doing it. and And they know those two teams know who they are. And I don't think the Giants quite know that yet. And not to say that they're going to be competing with those teams. That's an unfair expectation. Right. But I'm just saying that, you know, the, the, the Giants, I, I think, once again this year, will be improving as the year goes on. I, I kind of expect that'll be, once again, the, the kind of
0: year they have. Yeah. Speaking of everybody being new... Jabril Peppers got a tooth extracted, whether that was, I think that was sometime last week, but he missed some time between minicamp and OTAs. He was an advisor for most of last week during minicamp. And pretty much during that stretch where Jabril Peppers was not on the field, for the first time during spring and early summer workouts, the offense actually had some sort of consistent success. And this is when we started to see, oh, Eli's starting to look good. He's starting to get his legs under him. Um, Daniel Jones didn't get any first-team reps, so it's, I don't think it's fair to say that, oh, Daniel Jones also looked good, but Daniel Jones has looked good, but, you know, whether that's because Jabril Peppers wasn't on the field or not on the field, because Jabril Peppers is working with the first team, but neither here mm-hmm. nor there. All we've heard when Peppers was on the field is that he's been a difference maker. He's been flying around the football field, and, of course, you take all of that with a grain of salt during this time of the year, but a pretty good indicator of that actually being true is that when your presence is not felt, the team's performance, and this is the defense, the defense performance falls off dramatically. So that's an extremely great sign to me that his presence will be felt this year. And I'll be honest, Brett. Um, yeah. When he was, I I remember following him because he went to Paramus Catholic. He went to Paramus Catholic High School. I went to St. Peter's Prep. St. Peter's Prep, Paramus Catholic. Uh, my sophomore and junior year played each other in the state championship, back-to-back years. Jabril Peppers, when he was taking over the country when I was a sophomore and he was a junior, um, mm. he did everything for that team. He was the running back. He was a receiver. He was uh, the the quarterback, the running back. I think I just said running back twice. But his senior year, when he had the offer to Michigan and he accepted it, he was like just the tight end and he was just the corner of the safety. He was not huh. running the ball. He was not touching the ball. So Prep naturally won. <laughs> Jabril Peppers' <laughs> senior, year, senior year, he lost the state championship. And then when he was – so I followed him. And when he was being scouted for the NFL draft, I don't know if you remember, they didn't know whether Jabril Peppers was going to play linebacker or safety because of his coverage issues.
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. That that I, I remember him too. I remember the scouting reports about him. And yeah, I, I followed him, not not like you, but yeah. I had I definitely heard of him. I, I there was definitely a ton of hype involving this just freakish athlete that he is, uh, for his size. But that's like you said, the problem. I mean, he's freakish for his size, but he ain't a corner or anything, or he's not he's not gonna keep up with your really, you know, mm-hmm. high level receivers in the NFL. So I I definitely think safety is a good position for him.
0: Yeah, well, well, definitely he's he's proven it, and that's been that's something that I obviously I'm not a Browns fan, so I didn't really follow the Browns. I never thought that we would trade Odell Beckham Jr. to the Browns for Bill Peppers, so I kind of lost track of Peppers as the year as the years went on, and mm-hmm. I would not be surprised if he is better than Landon Collins. I'm not going to say that he may. Mm get a higher pro football focus grade than Collins because pro football focus really does love Landon Collins, but it seems to be that the coverage skills are better. They are there. They are better than Landon Collins. Obviously what Landon Collins brought with this play inside the box and his ability to tackle, obviously that's second to none, but Jabril Peppers could bring something different to this team's defense and it hopefully could work better in James Betcher's scheme. So, um, I, definitely was underestimating what Peppers can bring to the table, especially as this offseason went on. But really, we're seeing it. We're seeing it. And also, we're seeing it because we did not see him on the field. And we saw what happened to the defense, that the offense actually had success when he wasn't on the field, as opposed to the first few weeks of early workouts. When he was on the field, nobody was going anywhere. So that's a good sign. Um, That's all of my All of my major, of course, there are other minor little storylines. I'm concerned about Nate Solder. I know it was minor ankle surgery. I know he's probably going to be back sometime during training camp. He may not be ready by the start of training camp, but him and Mike Remmers, I know working out as an offensive lineman isn't such the biggest thing right now. You don't have the pads on, but the fact that they're not healthy and they're not on the field together and they're going to be on, or they're all all hopefully going to be on the field together when they have the pads on, and that's going to be the first time that they're all going to be together, that's a little concerning to me. So, you know, because you, especially if you want to talk about getting off to a strong start, and Brett, you said this is probably going to be a year where the Giants don't get off to a strong start. Again, not looking at the schedule. I don't really have memorized, I know we're playing Cowboys week one, but Just knowing how this team has worked throughout the last couple years where the starts in the beginning have been very slow because it just takes time for the Giants. For some reason, it's always take the Giants longer to get familiar with each other than everybody else in the league. You know, I, 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 I can't explain why. But neither here nor there. Those are all my stories. A little concerned about the line. Hopefully everybody gets healthy. I'm glad they're not trying to push him. Let's just say that. I'm glad they're not trying to push Solder. I'm glad they're not trying to push Remmers. All right, so let's uh, let's have this conversation on Daniel Jones, Eli Manning, Pat Shermer. Can I read you? Can I read you some quotes? Sure. Okay. Pat Shermer, <laughs> interesting quotes today, and we're going to dissect them. We're going to play the very best player. I know we're dancing around the words here, but right now Eli is getting ready to have a great year and Daniel is getting ready to play. We'll just see what happens. We feel good where Eli is. He's our starting quarterback, and we've got a young player that we think is going to be an outstanding player getting himself ready to play. I'm not trying to be cryptic about it. It is what I said it is. Eli is getting ready to have an outstanding year, and Daniel is getting ready to play. Um, Mm -hmm. Let's see. What else? What else? Um, Let's see. I I, I know. Um, I know what that means. All right. So again, so this is so this is from a different article, describes more of the probing question that was around it. Pat Shermer was asked how much he viewed the Manning Jones as an open competition entering training camp. The Giants second year coach said we are playing around the words again. I'm not trying to be cryptic about it. Eli's getting ready to have an outstanding year and Daniel Jones is getting ready to play. That really is about it. He really does repeat himself here. You never know what is going to happen, but as I said, Eli's getting ready to play, and so is Daniel. Eli's the starter, and this guy's getting ready to play. The players that give our team the best chance to win, play, period. And you have, to, and you have seen Eli do that for a very long time, so we will see what happens as we go down the road.
2: Wow, he uh, repeats himself a lot there.
0: He does repeat which, himself a lot.
2: Which makes me think that Daniel Jones is getting ready to come, come in and play if they're not happy with Eli. <laughs> and I'm not sure if that'll be right away. I'm not sure how long the leash Eli has. I, it can't be that long. I mean, last year we saw, we, we visibly saw the frustration that Shermer had with Eli Manning. Mm-hmm. Like when we were talking about before, he 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 checked off wide open deep balls. He saw Shermer just kind of exasperated on the sideline. Mm-hmm. So I cannot imagine. It'll take much for Daniel Jones to get
0: into some ball games this year. Everybody knows I'm on the train of start Daniel Jones week one because as we heard in the opening segment, and then as we heard also last episode, I'm of the belief that mental reps does nothing for a quarterback. Yes. Yeah, so last week. I said mental reps, they're BS, just very similar to what Dan Schneier said. Um I asked Bobby Skinner on Talking Giants, as we heard also in the beginning. He said they were hogwash. He's or no, he said that I'm hogwash. My value, my my value getting the most value out of the rookie pick is is uh he didn't I I think he I'm not gonna say that he didn't think it wasn't important, but I think he value he just simply values mental reps more than I. Value mental reps, which I've, I put zero value behind mental reps for a quarterback. I think you need to go out there and you need to play. You can point at Aaron Rodgers. You can point at Patrick Mahomes as exceptions, as you did, um, Brett. And mm-hmm. I say, well, guess what? Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. It's not like Blake Bortles got an entire year to sit and then he turned into Aaron Rodgers and he turned into Patrick Mahomes. No, like it, it, it doesn't matter. Blake Bortles is going to be Blake Bortles. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers is gonna be Aaron Rodgers. Patrick Mahomes was gonna be Patrick Mahomes no matter what. No matter what. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm I, not think, gonna, yeah, yeah I think it's yeah. fair. I
2: think it's, yeah, I think it's uh, a fair yeah. thing to say there.
0: And I'm not saying and, you know, obviously if you throw Patrick Mahomes on another team, if you throw him, if you throw him into the fire on a bad football team year one, sure, that could have that could have catastrophic results in his overall development, you know, in terms of confidence. I'm sure Patrick Mahomes sitting behind Alex Smith, who is an extremely efficient quarterback. I'm sure that helped his confidence saying, oh, shit, this is a pretty good football team I got working with here. If I can do some pretty cool things, I can be great. Now, that's usually not the case for teams that are starting rookie quarterbacks, that you have a fantastic football team around you and everything is going to go right. That is not yeah. the case. <laughs> 90% yeah. of the time, that is not the case. So that expectation that a guy, that, that a guy can just sit and then the team can be fine without him. I think it's a fallacy. And where it rarely, rarely happens like that. Where, again, you have a Brett Favre. Rarely is going to happen. That Brett Favre is still going to be slinging it at his late age. Rarely, rarely <laughs> going to happen. Eli Manning is not slinging it. Not saying that he can't go out there and win football games. I hope he goes out there and he wins football games. Highly, highly unlikely this year. Um, I'm excited about this team. I'm excited about the young guys. So basically what this tells me, so what this tells me, this does not tell me that he's going to start week one, even though I want to, and anything can happen, anything can change. But what this does tell me, we will see Daniel Jones for a few games this season. I am now 100% certain about it. I was not 100% certain before today, but Mm. now I am 100% certain we will see him for multiple games. I don't know how many we will see him.
2: Wow, that, that's that's pretty amazing. I, I uh, didn't I didn't I didn't think that you would get to this place. I yeah I was kind of always just from the history and everything, and I kind of always suspected that this would come this come to this point because of Eli and everything. And I know you I know that you are far from an Eli Manning fan, but you you tend to be pretty conservative. You tend to stick with your guns, and it, it takes a lot to
0: move you off your spot. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think it was a difference between I want to see Daniel Jones and now it's I know we're going to see Daniel Jones. I know we're going to see him. I know it. Pat Shermer would not be as vocal as he is right now, and the team would not be as vocal as they are right now because usually they have played everything very close. What Was it close to the hip? What's the saying? Close to the vest. Close to the vest about Eli Manning where it's, oh, we're going to stay We're going to stay quiet. They have reiterated that Eli's look good. The arm looks good. And there are beat reporters that say, yeah, the arm looks good. There are beat reporters that say, yeah, it looks like he's blowing out his hip and he's trying to bust his left nut every time he tries (laughs) the ball more than 30 yards down the field. So I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to believe, and that has been extremely frustrating being a Giants fan and having all these different beat reporters saying different things. So I'm not going to say anything about Eli, like in terms of, oh, he looks good, he looks bad.
2: I will I I will guarantee you one thing. Okay, okay, so how many how how old is Eli Manning? Eli is 37 or 38. Okay, so how many 37 38 year old quarterbacks suddenly acquire some like superhuman arm strength that su- and some and, and, and
0: suddenly improve according to Giants Twitter um a lot.
2: Okay, oh okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, so fine. But how many how many 37 38 year old quarterbacks improve when their offense has been
0: worsened by getting rid of one of the best receivers in the league. Now, that's where a lot of people are going to agree with you. A lot of people are going to say that because you beefed up the offensive line, because Golden because Golden Tate fits more of what the offense is going to try to do, which is the short and intermediate game, and you can kind of blame it on Eli for not wanting to push the ball down the field. You can also kind of put it on Shermer because that's the system that he runs. So a lot of people would disagree with you there, but I get your okay. point. And I think people many, should also How many get How your
2: many points. routes is Eli Manning going to get jumped this year? Cuz cuz nobody's going to respect the deep game at all. Right. So you have yeah everyone cuz he just won't throw it. And I don't I don't I don't care, you know, how many short passes you want to throw. Right. Unless he can be Tom Brady and Bill Belichick with these getting people wide open literally every play, which I I highly doubt that suddenly they're magically going to do that. I, I don't see it, and that's just—and and if I did—honest to God, if, this is not me being some Eagles fan or whatever. being This is just how I feel, completely. Mm-hmm. It's how I feel. If it were the Eagles looking this way, I would say it then, too. You play Daniel Jones, and you play him early. I, I, not a few games—I I don't know the right way to do this. I think the right way to do this would have been to say to Eli after last season, look, thank
0: you, bye. That well would have yeah been the
2: right thing to do
0: yeah I mean if if we certain all right all right we're not I'm, I'm gonna say this one thing and then that's gonna be it and then we're gonna go on to Twitter and Instagram questions. In terms of your last statement, if we drafted the quarterback in 2017, last year would have been the goodbye Eli season. This year would have been the let's rock and roll season. We would have had all this cap money that we're going to have this upcoming offseason. And then this year, we probably would have been able to spend, spend, spend on an edge rusher, spend, spend, spend on defense, still have a really good draft pick, get Josh Allen, get whoever we wanted. And then this year would have been let's fucking rock and roll. So, but again, I love Saquon. I'm glad he's on the team because I'm glad Daniel Jones is on the team. I'm glad we are where we are because I feel confident with the young guys that we have. It's just a really sticky situation right now. So this question comes from William Ryan. Will Ryan's a really cool guy. If Eli struggles in training camp and the preseason and Jones looks efficient, do you believe they'll start DJ week one? I say no. Um, A fan on Twitter... Uh, All right. So you say yes. A fan on Twitter said Eli Manning doesn't have to throw a single complete pass during training uh, during preseason and they would start him week one. And I'm tending to side with that. No, but they they're going to start him week one. But if Brett, if we get off to like. I I don't I don't want to I don't want a record pick. I don't want a record pick. I just want to say that he is going to play. And it's okay. because the Giants are not going to—they're they're not going to be leading the NFC East. They're not going to be leading the NFC. They're not going to be fighting for home field advantage. And that's why he's going to play a substantial amount of games.
2: Okay. The, the best way to do this—honestly, at this point, still the best way to do this would have—really would to have a—would be to have a serious quarterback competition— if Eli isn't getting it done, it's because he's old and he's washed up and he's been that way for years. If Daniel Jones looks better, it's because he
0: is better. Now, Yeah, and now you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But also, Pat Shermer's a smart coach where maybe maybe, maybe, maybe there's a bit of backlash by Mara or Gettleman or whoever's running the shit over there at the front office where it's like, we don't like this look. We don't like this QB competition look. Maybe there is a little backlash. But Pat Shermer's a smart coach where he's like, I'm going to kind of hint at Daniel Jones that there's a possibility. There's a possibility. And he's going to work harder. And now I honestly think that's a bunch of hogwash, and I think that's BS. I've said hogwash so many times this episode. (laughs) I think that's a bunch of BS because I think Daniel Jones is going to work hard no matter what, because I think that's the type of guy that he is. But if almost like he's uh, he's uh, he's he's chasing. There's a car. There's a moving car and there's a bone hanging on the end of it. And Daniel Jones is running after that bone. And Pat Shermer, every time he kind of indicates that there's a chance that Daniel Jones might start. Daniel Jones is going to run a little bit faster to try to catch that bone. He's going to try to run a little bit faster. He's going to work a little bit harder because he knows that there's that shot that if he continues to show, he might play sooner than he thinks. And I think that's, where, that's what that means. As a reasonable fan, as a level-headed person, of course I'm calling for Jones to start now, but as just the level-headed person that understands what's happening, that's what I think Pat Shermer's doing. Would you agree with that? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah.
2: I I just think it's ridiculous. You're not competing this year anyway. Right. Why are you messing around with playing a guy that no, that you know can't get it done? Well, I, we're,
0: paying I, him, I just... we're paying him. We're paying him twenty three million. I think that's really that's 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 really it. We had a decision to make. This is also why the draft should be before free agency. Mm. This is why because yeah. i we had we had to make that decision in march and if we had any idea what we were doing in the draft cuz obviously you don't know what you're doing in the draft until free agency is done in a way in yeah, a sort no,
2: you're you're no you're definitely you have an idea before that
0: but if you—they if they, they had to make a decision in March, so I have no idea when you would put— and for also, they're not going to change the NFL draft because they get so, many, so much ratings, and the fact that it's so much removed from the football season, I think that's why it gets so much ratings. I think they—you know, it initially was in April, and then they moved it back to May, didn't they? Yeah.
2: Honest yeah. to God, though, honest to God, if you're a team like the Giants, a rebuilding football team, and you're making decisions on who you're going to draft— Based on free agency, you have big problems
0: no, but I mean that's you
2: you, you <laughs> don't determine that you pick the you pick the guy that over time over scouting that you think is the best player. It doesn't matter what free agency you' you're you're not competing you you want the best player or or the the, the the player that you think gives you the best
0: chance for the foreseeable future, and clearly that was Daniel Jones. Yeah, and, and you're right because they did that with Barkley, even though they signed Jonathan Stewart. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's get Johnson on to the. Jonathan Stewart's
2: a patch. He's uh, a patch. He's his one. He's an older running back. Just a patch.
0: Yeah. Let's get on to the to the next question here. Um, Andrew Owens, who is the man? The man, Andrew Owens, is a day one. Recently saw him, met him at a Yankee game. My first Twitter meetup um with what we know about the value of running backs as pass catchers how the f i had my one f bomb i got called out Mm -hmm. i got called off called out by a guy on twitter i love your podcast but it was (laughs) too much too many f bombs so i'm like oh i'm sorry i actually thought that i wasn't cursing that much but so how the f is to is terrell davis in the hall of fame and not tiki barber so brett what's your what's your opinion on this
2: you know my gut reaction is that it's only a matter of time because Tiki had a really long and impressive career, and Terrell Davis had was really talented, had some had a few great years, but man, man, I, I, there's no way in my mind that Terrell Davis is a Hall of Famer and Tiki Barber isn't. I, that that just doesn't compute for me.
0: What do you think? But what's your what's your real reason, though? You you had some sort of reason that was a you had a gut reaction to this. And what's your real reason?
2: Oh, I, I, I was kidding, man. His name's Tiki, but it's not the reason why he's not in the Hall of Fame.
0: What's his full name? You said his full name though.
2: Oh, okay. So this this might have frustrated voters a little bit here. His full name is Atim Kiyambu Hakim Ah Barber. That's a mouthful right there. Yeah, you can't. That That's doesn't fit on the plaque. It doesn't. And you gotta put the you gotta put the guy's real name. You can't put Tiki Barber. That's not his real name, man. So, yeah, I think that's a fair point. I think that's a fair point. You know, if you can't fit his name, you can't play
0: the game. If you can't fit his name, you can't play the game. Wow.
2: That was really good. Those,
0: those are words to live by, by the way. That was really good. Here's some little little numbers on Terrell Davis. Um, This is kind of freaky. He had 60 rushing touchdowns in just a few seasons. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is crazy. It's 60.
2: I, he was before my time, but still crazy.
0: It was before your time?
2: Yeah. He was, what, 90s, uh, early 2000s? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the first several years of my life. I, don't, yeah. Yeah, I, I wasn't a football fan
0: back then. In his best seasons, now this is a new metric that I'm looking at for, this is from po- Pro Football Reference. It's called approximate value. There is a war. There is a wins above replacement metric in football that was initiated and discovered and created by Pro Football Focus. Um, I need to look more into that and to where I can find it. But the approximate value metric is something I'm going to be looking into. Terrell Davis, 1997-19, 1998, he had an approximate value of In 1998, he also won the NFLA AP MVP award. Um, Some of Tiki Barber's seasons, his approximate value, his highest approximate value season in 2005 was 21. Then he had a couple seasons of 16 approximate value, 14 and 14. Um, Andrew Owens talked about the significance of a pass catcher. Tiki Barber had uh, years where he had 66 receptions. He had how many years did he have over 66 receptions? One, two, three, four, five. He had five seasons over 60 over 66 catches, um, and then he had a couple more seasons. I think every single season but one, two he had over 50 catches, and he played from 9706. So that's kind of that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. He's 15th all time in all-purpose yards. Um, our boy, your boy, Darren Sproles is sixth all time all purpose yards. You think he's a whole he's famer? all
2: famer? <laughs> he's all famer, man. He's gonna be. Yeah, he's so, done gone
0: gonna be. do he's the best, don gone San Diego little man Charger of all time. He's he he, he will he will always have a little, little 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 spot in my heart. Him and Michael Turner were the best uh were the best two two man punch. Of little, little man chargers back in the day. (laughs) No, but really it's, it's kind of crazy. Like Tiki Barber's an asshole, right? Like he's like, he's an utter and complete asshole. And something tells me that if he didn't have his fumble problem and if he wasn't a complete asshole and maybe if he didn't play for the giants who were irrelevant, irrelevant in the early two thousands, not counting the year that they made the super bowl.
2: I was gonna say they're pretty relevant then. I mean, not yeah. in the game, but they made the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> basically from after they made the Super Bowl, from basically to the time that he retired, and basically until he announced his retirement, let in his last season where he absolutely went off. Yeah, not, not very like not, he was good, but not recognized. So. That kind of it's kind of so I'm kind of like Tiki e. Barb is an asshole, but at the same time, he may deserve to kind of get some votes. But at the same time, his eligibility started in 2012, and I haven't heard anything about him getting any votes, but maybe one day. I don't really know how all that stuff works. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. His approximate, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like yeah. the conch shell from Spongebob. Wait, what, <laughs> what, what, what's the line? I know what you exactly. Maybe someday.
2: Yeah, <laughs> oh, I I don't remember the line before that. Yeah. Um, Can I get something to eat?
0: No, <laughs> maybe someday. <laughs> Will I ever find love? Maybe someday. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tiki, Bar- <laughs> Tiki Barber's approximate value for his career was 118. Um, Terrell Davis's approximate value for his career was 79. But also at the same time, Terrell Davis only had four years of relevance, so that's kind of crazy. So Terrell Davis was really good, but why Tiki Barber isn't in the Hall of Fame if he is? And Terrell Davis had a lot less catches. Like, his highest season were—his highest receptions season was 49 catches. So that's kind of crazy. All right, let's get on to our final question here, Brett. My friend, Mike McKittrick, who I bowl with, he's a great guy, he wanted to ask, why don't you talk more hockey? Well, interesting you should ask. Bleeding Blue was the sponsor of a podcast called New York Hockey Thought of the Day where for almost 50 days straight, we did sports, all New York sports every night where initially it was New York sports thought of the day where we did all New York sports. So at the time it was basketball and hockey. Then we also covered baseball news, but then probably about maybe 25 episodes in, we converted it to a hockey podcast and Brett and Renato largely every single night recapped every single game in new york hockey um so that is probably not going to get started but renato told me to not delete the podcast from the apple podcast app so he will like will it be revived i i don't know um i was the producer of that so i had to stay up extra late but renato was the one that kind of quitted that so i i stuck it out uh mike wants to talk about the st louis blues so, Brett, you have about two minutes to talk about the St. Louis Blues. They made splashes in free agency. Oh, boy, oh boy, oh boy. Um, they, they apparently, were, were they not good during the regular season? And then they came all the way back. Yes, um, yes,
2: yes. I, I, and I, I, then, I, here's, here's the
0: story of the St. Louis Blues. But also, you have to include in your story what the impact of the song Gloria is. I know what that one is, too. All right, so great. Go ahead. Story time. Okay.
2: Okay. So, what happened... We, okay, we, we'll start about midseason. It's in the middle of winter. It's freezing cold out. And the Blues have reached rock bottom. They are the worst team in the National Hockey League. From there, they would go on to call up this guy, Jordan Binnington little known rookie goaltender and he would go on to lead them on a massive run and they finished the season with 99 points and they weren't they didn't just sneak in they were a five seed they were a five seed they didn't just sneak in they 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 they, they, it's not like they're an eight seed here they finish season 99 points, admittedly in a weak Western conference, but they are in and they start winning series. They eke out the series after series with their physical hard nosed approach. They have some skill. They they can skate a bit, but they can but they can skate. They have they have this really way of getting under your skin and smashing you and grounding and pounded you into the ground into the ice. And that's what they're trying to win this series with. That's what they're trying to. Now, the thing is where Gloria comes into the picture is that the Blues were playing the Flyers in Philadelphia where and, and, and they were staying and there were a couple players kind of uh at this little hole in the ball a hole in the wall bar. And the Eagles were playing the Bears in that double-doink game, mm. right? And throughout the game, or I guess at the end of the game, in celebration, there were a couple drunk guys that, were, that said, play Gloria. Mm. No, I, I have no explanation for why they wanted to hear that song other than they were drunk and they just said, play Gloria. Yeah. And those blues players were there. And they heard it, and it rest is history. Also, uh, I'm reading this text. This also, Mike, I think the Blues won that night. The Blues won that night, by the way, and, yeah. and then they went. Basically, that Flyers
0: game was the game they started their run, if, and they went from there. So, Mike McKittrick sent me an impressive narrative of the Blues playoff run and their season. So, apparently, round three of the playoffs, who do they play? Round three, do you know? Uh, sharks sharks so round three was the story of layla anderson the inspiration behind the blues improbable run layla is a young girl suffering from a rare form of cancer and has been the motivation behind the blues playoff run through controversy and perseverance the blues are now one game away from winning their first stanley cup in franchise history ryan o'reilly has been a driving force behind the offense leading the team in total points scored um uh, whatever, whatever. A series against Boston has been hard hitting, fast paced, something every fan loves to see. Been dirty too. It's been dirty. I've watched dirty? this
2: whole series.
0: Well, Boston the, uh... is dirty and grimy.
2: No, 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 no. It's been the Blues. It's really? been the Blues that have been the dirty, grimy team. Oh, believe me. A- anything that the Boston has been doing in terms of physicality has been in response to the Blues doing something downright nasty, like checking into the boards from behind. Uh, Just starting dust up after the play, you know, crashing the goalie, whatever. You name it. I mean, hitting up high with the stick. I I mean, we're just talking crazy shit from the 70s, basically.
0: It's been an old
2: school series.
0: Yeah. How much of a low blow is this that we're talking about? We're talking so much about hockey on a football podcast that we're totally not acknowledging that the NBA Finals are happening. How much of a low blow is that?
2: Well... no, it's not at all. It, it we're called Bleeding Blue. That is we're true. So the blues. the blues. So there you I, go. I, I I think the NBA Finals
0: in this case is irrelevant. That's a good. That's a good argument. I, I'll okay. I'll allow it. I'll allow it. <laughs> I'll allow it. Court in session. Court dismissed. All right, that's gonna be it. We're gonna wrap up. Um, bleeding Blue has some really good plan. If you're still listening, because we talked five minutes and a half. court is it. adjourned. The court is adjourned. Um. <laughs> bleeding blue has some really interesting plans for the summer you haven't heard from us very frequently but guess what buckle up we're gonna hear from us very often i'm not gonna tell you how or why but get ready um subscribe love us give us a metaphorical hug from wherever you are we love you and i never know how to end a podcast so i'm just gonna say goodbye and again we love you for listening thank you let's be blue keep on bleeding blue